0: Welcome on in, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Happy Sunday to everybody. Welcome on in. Uh, big night last night in the city. Obviously, we had Canelo Alvarez. Uh, we had a big time boxing event. The whole boxing world uh, had their eyes on the city of Miami. So it was really, really cool. Very fun experience. Uh, so I really enjoyed it getting a chance to see the city showcased like that on a big stage. It's been a while. Um, since we've had any kind of big national event like that. I mean, we've been hosting a bunch of events, but no fans have been allowed in and it was good to see Miami get to be on the world stage like that, hosting the biggest guy in the sport. And it was a lot of fun. I thought, especially, you know, a lot of the times when you go to a boxing event, it's not like going to mixed martial arts events where the whole experience, especially going to the UFC is like, you know, experiencing being there, the card top to bottom, the stories of everybody. A lot of the times you go to a big time boxing event and the show and the story and everything is geared towards just that one fight. And a lot of the times, if you get what you want to see in that main event, you go home happy. And so I, I, I looked at this card and we had to get there very early to kind of give everybody the rub. But I, I finally got to see... Leroy Horde, my morning co-host, who, of course, you guys can hear me on 7 Eye Ticket with every single day from 6 to 10 a.m. And we have not seen each other in the flesh in over, well, not quite over a year, just about a year. um, Because this is the week of Dwayne Wade's jersey going up. And then I know Dwayne Wade Boulevard became official. And then I know the mayor was in, I think like a week after that, everything was shut down. So sometime in March. So we're getting close to it. And we just haven't seen each other. We see each other every basically every day. We talk every day via text. We see each other every day, four hours a day doing our radio show. But we have not been in the flesh next to each other uh, in a studio in, in nearly a year. And it was really cool seeing each other. And we got a lot of time with one another today because, you know, we get the process of how strictly they were taking this event and it's, it's quite frankly, it's stricter than any other sporting event I've been to. Um, and my experience with that right now is, you know, kind of been on the local scene. Uh, I've gone to some, you know, Titan FC shows I've had to be tested the week of, uh, I've been to many heat games, especially with the COVID, the infamous COVID dogs, who do a great job we got sniffed a couple of days ago. So I felt confident in uh, my lack of roneness going into this one. And then with uh, the Marlins, um, they kind of just check your temperature, give you a questionnaire. And I've gone to see scrimmages. I haven't gone to watch games. I did go see spring training. But this was the most intense because we literally, you go there, you have to take a, a COVID rapid test to enter their fight night bubble and i wanted to be in like a lot of the things this week i wanted to go to the weigh ins the press conferences you know the whole shebang we have canelo in town but uh you had to actually be in their bubble if you wanted to do that so i would have had to stay at the hard rock and you know i just i can't i, I just couldn't bring myself to say hey I, i'm going to be locked away from my family for the entire week um just to cover one boxing match it you know it just wasn't in the cards for me because ultimately I do just want to go to the fight more than anything, um, and so that's you know it just ended up being like that. I was just like I right, just made a decision now. I probably would have gotten better seats, better access, and all that type of stuff. Um, but I was still happy with it. I just wanted to be in the building. I wanted to see the atmosphere uh, and 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 be there to experience it live. And and that's what it was tonight. You know, it was uh, it was an awesome scene. You know, great national anthems, especially Gloria Stefan's kid doing the uh, the national the, the American national anthem. Um, I thought the crowd was on fire. People were digging seeing Canelo. I, it was tough to get a good look because I was in the I was basically in the Dolphins press box, so it, it, all spotlight was on the all spotlight was on the uh, the ring, and everything else was pretty much blacked out. So it wasn't. Except for like the stage to see people perform, so it wasn't great to get a gauge on how big the crowd was, but I could hear cheers were big. They weren't pumping in crowd noise. Canelo chants were were going wild. People loved uh, J Balvin performing, bringing him out. That was the I honestly I thought that was the coolest part uh, because people went nuts for him. He did one song, then Canelo, then he starts another song. We're like, oh man, what do we got? Jay Balvin coming? No, Canelo's coming out and he's going to take him to the ring. And Canelo's smiling, he's showboating, he's uh, getting ready to take on Alvin the Yildirim and take care of business, which he did. And yeah, it was just a great show all in all. And I give uh, Matchroom Boxing a lot of uh, credit. I've told, uh, you know, when we had it here, I told them, you know, the, how they do the shows, big pomp and circumstance, lots of pyrotechnics, all that type of stuff. It just, they did it big, and it came across big. It was an awesome show. Um, and I do think that, it, like Miami, we all showed up for basically the Canelo fight, nothing else. And people seemed happy with that. You know, it was uh, a great venue. The, the Dolphins and, and and Garfinkel and Steven Ross, the facility they put together is top notch. Uh, I hadn't been down to Hard Rock Stadium in a long time, believe it or not. You know, I passed it every day every work every day going to work i passed it for three years i really had never been in there for anything because i haven't gone any Dol- any dolphins games i haven't gone to any canes games you know most of my live stuff has been panthers marlins heat um just because i know like f- taking because usually all my foot my basketball experiences i go cover the team usually f- hockey i'm bringing my kids Marlins uh flip a coin my kids will go Marlins Panthers right now football i think is a lot of people know like taking young kids it's a little bit of a next level because football crowds are a little bit more hostile it's a little bit more of a grown up event so i'm just not quite there taking my kids yet to it probably could take my daughter don't know about my son but i haven't been there but the point of it being i haven't been to hard rock in a while and it was awesome i mean it's i mean the what they've done to that building is uh is is unbelievable it looks great and it just the show is amazing the show the show is amazing because that's what it felt like you know Canelo Alvarez getting to the match of it uh, Aldi Yildirim like you know I barely mentioned his name this week and it's not to be disrespectful to the Turkish Wolf Um, but anybody who follows boxing knows what this was Canelo was actually doing a Really a solid biomni Eardrum, taking on his mandatory uh for for I believe it was his WBC belt and giving him this opportunity that you know the sanctioning body says he deserves for some reason and took care of business you know he had himself a fun event and he's staying very active. you know I saw some criticism of the competition, I saw Teddy Atlas, I saw others on social media saying, you know, what is this competition uh that can yeah, it wasn't the best competition. It wasn't. I mean, it was a huge landslide in odds. Um, but the caveat of it being is we found out afterwards, hey, Canelo Arvers is gonna be fighting in about two months, three months time. Yet again, he's gonna be taking on an undefeated Billy Joe Saunders for another piece of the super middleweight crown. So that's why I don't really get on Canelo too much for it. Like, he is staying active. He was he was basically doing a showcase and he is a fun boxer to watch. I mean, that's another thing with Canelo is, is that he has a really fun style. He's hit this, uh, he's hit this gear over the last three years offensively where he just deals out such vicious punishment. He doesn't look shaken at all about whatever's getting fired back at him. And He's just become just a really fun fighter to just go see, and so yeah, it was three it was three rounds of obliteration. First round really breaking him down in the body. Second round really breaking through. Third round put him on the canvas, and he didn't want no more. Uh, and you, probably for the best. He probably shouldn't have gone out there because he wasn't giving Canelo anything back. He's um, he's you know, one of the he's for you know pound for pound one of most intimidating punches in the game right now. So. I mean, you know, people who want to get on Canelo's uh, for competition. The other the things that are stupid about it, though, is like, you know, you have like uh, Sports Center come out and be like Canelo versus Floyd Mayweather. What if it was today? And it's like, well, th- beating Albany today, yesterday, 10 years ago, none of that has anything to do with if you were to fight Floyd for today. If you were to fight Floyd for today, when? Like if he was to fight Floyd at super middleweight? Because that's what he is. Like he's not down at... Down at 150 something pounds anymore. He's you know 168 on fight night, uh, on 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 uh, the night before uh, on the scales, and then who knows what he is on fight night. So like what it's I see things like that. I'm like, well, what are we even talking about here? You know, uh, one, it's like you you, uh, you you're discrediting uh, Floyd Mayweather first of all because you're saying like, oh, well, let's do the fight now. Floyd's not as good a fighter as he was a couple of years ago. And he's also three weight classes away from where Canelo is right now. So it just, it seems weird. Um, the other thing is like, look, yeah. The other thing you want to say is like, forget about the debate about who could he be Floyd Mayweather. I was actually looking back on it with his resume with, uh, with, with Leroy today. Cause you know, Leroy brought it up. He's like, well, what do you think if he took on Floyd now? Nah, he's like, I wish we could see that. And, you know, you just look back at that era that he had and you think of the Austin Trout fight, the Mayweather fight, the Landy lara fight were all kind of in that, you know, two year window when he was in his early 20s. And a lot of those guys weren't easy fights for him. And some people think that he lost some of those fights. And Canelo's not, you know, though Floyd's the only one who's d- dished out a loss on his resume, he's also had a very controversial draw to Gennady Golovkin. He has a controversial win over Eryc Landy Lara. I don't really look at Canelo Alvarez as, as the art of perfection. I do look him at as this uh this art of entertaining. He is a very he's a showman, he's a fun fighter and you know, I, I do think that he deserves the crown right now of number one pound for pound. I do think that he does deserve that. Uh, I don't think that Al New moves the needle, uh, one way or another, but you know, being a champion in four way classes, uh, being looked upon as the top 168 fighter and, and looking to go beat an undefeated Billy Joe Saunders, he's going to probably fight an undefeated Caleb plant later on in the year. Those are two really tough opponents. Um, maybe by next year we can get the Charlos in, involved in that or something. Uh, uh, um, or Demetrius Andrade or whomever, maybe one of these 160ers years want to go step up or maybe he wants to go back down. Who knows? But he is a guy that does uh, take on a lot of challenges that is, uh, trying to make some fun stuff happen. And you love that about him. You know, he is, he, he that, that I think has been the, um, the great thing about Canelo Alvarez um as far as like you know would you want to see a Gennady Golovkin fight again maybe you know I I think one of those things is they both hate each other like poison and I don't know how much of that animosity comes through I think you know one of the things that uh I want to say hurt can hurts Canelo Alvarez but he still isn't you know he's he still isn't a a, a complete guy who's will, you know ready to go out there and do uh Interviews in English. Gennady Golovkin also not uh, not too keen on doing that as well. So it's tough to get all of that stuff uh, brewing to the center to where it may, maybe makes it the next blockbuster. I think with the Billy Joe Saunders fight, Billy Joe Saunders is the ultimate bad guy. Like He is uh, an antagonist. He's a guy that people love to hate. Um, he will definitely go out there and, and try and... Make canelo miss make him look foolish all that type of stuff to expose canelo's boxing if if you can which i do think that canelo is a, is a, is a really really good boxer but i think billy joe saunders is going to try and 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 make him look foolish and try and be elusive and try and uh make him move pot shot him all that type of stuff to try and outpoint him and take his belt um so I think that's almost it I think this upcoming matchup is gonna be put Canelo in a position to be a little bit more of the hero that that uh that that people will root for. You know, but I think that what we're seeing is a guy who is getting better. Um and has been getting a lot of better since since he's been famous, a famous fighter for a very long time. And has has uh has beaten some good guys. Um yeah, there's some weird exhibitions along the way. The Julio Cesar Chavez Juniors, the Rocky Fieldings. It's not the it's not like the, the toughest resume in the world at all times. And his toughest fights have been tough fights. You know, like, I think that's one of the things that you probably could look back on his resume and say, okay, he took on Gennady Golovkin twice. Maybe one time he lost. Um, but it was a really competitive fight. And that's what, it, it, like... I don't know why that would uh, why people would look upon that and think that is a bad thing. I think it's great that a guy was willing to go risk it and fight a guy like Aries Landy Lara. Nobody wanted him to take that fight. Took the fight. Maybe some people think that he lost, but he took the fight. It was tough and what? You know, it's like so these are the things that you could either be a a a fickle fan about it and you know, take credit away, take credit away, take credit away all you want to. Or you can be like, you know what? Those fights were really, really fun and they were really competitive. And that's kind of what we've always wanted from our fighters anyway, is it not? So great show from Canelo Alvarez. Shout out to Miami. Did a great job being a host city last night, I thought. And um, I really, uh, really, really enjoyed the show. So shout out to Matchroom Boxing for that. Really uh, really enjoyable from that standpoint. Hopefully we get more fights, man. I hope that this is a uh I hope that this is a jumping off point for Miami to to get some more action and to get the uh the ability to get more big showcases down here. Cause look, we are more open than a lot of other places right now. So come on down. We'll be back after this. Welcome back everybody. It is Towen's Fight Show here on 790 the ticket. We roll on. So yeah, fun night last night. At the uh, at the hard at the Hard Rock Hard Rock Stadium, um, shout out by the way to Aaron Aponte, Hayley Zone, the Alien King. He got himself a second win, decision win over uh, Harold Gigliotti, uh, the Hitman. Looked uh, straight out of the uh, the an extra out of the fighter, and uh, Aaron Aponte getting a second win. So uh, good on the 19 year old from Hayley Florida, Keyshawn Davis. Everybody was very excited about his debut. He made easy work of Lester Brown. Um, not much wrong there. I was, I got uh, a little bit of the gooseys yesterday watching John Moraga, former, uh, UFC flyaway championship contender, taking on Mark Castro. My, John Moraga did not have anything for him though. Uh, John Moraga's uh boxing career is off to a little bit of a, ha- uh, a hard start. Uh, you could say, um, uh, because he got dealt with in this one by Mark Castro really wasn't a, uh, a competitive matchup. um, you had uh, Diego Pacheco taking on uh, Rodolfo Gomez Jr. Probably would say that was the most boring fight of the uh, of the night. And the, the the craziest fight of the night was Jay Li Zhang uh, against uh, against Jerry Slugger Forrest. That was the craziest fight of the night because Zhang, you know, they were pumping it up hard. They're like, oh, you know, they want to do the showcase between Anthony Joshua and Zhang in Beijing in two years. Zhang 6'6". He's a powerful guy. And, you know, they fought in the Olympics. So they were they were talking this Lee Zhang up a lot. And he looked like an absolute monster the first three rounds of this fight. I mean, he put... He uh, he really, really did. He put Jerry Forrest down the first three rounds right on the canvas. Big shots. Uh, Jerry Forrest wasn't helping in that regard as he was running into a couple of them as well. Um... But man, I mean that that the fourth round goes by and Zhang just runs. I don't know if he was just wilted mentally because Forrest just wasn't going away or what it was, but he was worn out. And Forrest just kept pressing forward, was able to throw more punches. Uh, didn't you know look like you could have put him out there in the ninth round. Uh, really put it away if Zhang if he was had him in the right angle Zhang may have fell over Zhang was just holding and holding they took a point away from because he was uh, leaning on the guy's head at one point point. and so it ended up being a uh, it ended up being a majority draw which was pretty crazy They one guy actually had it for Forrest and two of them had it 93-93 so I, I mean, that's got to be. I don't know what the records are on that, but a guy who got gets knocked down three times because they didn't have great sound. It was a little bit weird. The one, the one uh, complaint I guess I could have because I don't want to be too, uh, too much of a uh, a baby about it because we didn't get to go see uh, a great boxing show and um, you know didn't have to pay a dime for it. But it was weird watching it from the Dolphins press box in that. One, it was a little bit of a tough uh, viewing with the lights all off, so there was a bit of a weird glare. Two, it was a, it was a tough angle because we had the pole like right in the middle, so sometimes you had to go in and out of the fight. So we'd go to the jumbotron. Uh, but the other, but the really the weird, honestly, the weirdest thing to me was because they have the windows sealed off now. I remember back in the day when I would cover Marlins games, there they would open up, you'd have that option. I guess they don't do that anymore when they've reconstructed it. Um, but the weird thing was, they, they they just get the volume like off for like s- four fights, and so like these fights were happening, and literally like it was, I mean, as quiet as a library in there, and you just felt we well, felt we were cheering, commenting, like they, Leroy and I were like IG living just to goof at the listeners at one point, point. and I'm like, you know, people people are they, but also they got mad at us one time because we weren't wearing our masks, which we you know we thought was a little silly if we're in a bubble. You know a, a a de facto bubble that they put us in, and we've we just got randomly tested, and I felt extra good about not having the Rona because I uh, I had gotten sniffed by a COVID dog two days before, so I felt good of my lack of Rona. So you know we uh we we partook in our media food, we had our chicken tender boxes, and you know maybe we we're a little loosey goosey with putting the mask back on, and apparently what they said with people at the venue were complaining, and so they're like uh, gentlemen please put your masks back on. I'm like, oh, all right. Sorry, man. Um, but yeah, but that wasn't even the thing. The mask thing didn't bother me. The, what was weird was just, it was so quiet. They finally put on like the sounds, like they put on the PA system. So like we could hear in between rounds, they're basically playing mariachi music between each rounds. And then we could hear when the PA ring announcer would announce the winners and introduce them. But nothing else was happening in between, so we couldn't really hear. The, the crowd really was kind of dead. That's you know, fights at 6 in, in, in the evening, and people aren't packed in there yet. So they finally got some of the uh, the, uh, the DAZN play-by-play on, but it was on delay, so that was also not clean. That was about my only complaint about watching it live. Once All of it was erased by the Canelo performance, because the Canelo thing, it all felt big. The J Balvin thing was awesome. Uh, his performance was awesome. The anthems were awesome. All of the main event stuff kind of eradicated all the stuff that it took to get there, which is a lot of the times what it's like when you go to boxing. It really is. Um in the meanwhile, I was watching UFC. I did have uh, I did have my laptop up, so I did watch uh, the Rosenstrike Cyril Gain fight. I did watch the card. Um Cyril Gain got the win over Jorginho Rosenstrike. He won 50-45. On all scorecards, Jarzino Rosenstrich was not able to uh, land anything too big on him, which sucks for him because uh, I'm a, you know I like Jarzino. He trains down here. He's uh, he's been on the show before, so I like the guy. I got a little soft spot in my heart too for for Suriname being a fan of Tyrone Spong. and I know that's like his uh, his broski. So I was uh, I was rooting for for uh, for my guy Jarzino to get the win here. Cyril Gain, though, you know. Look, it's not a, I don't think it's a damaging loss to, uh, to, to Jreginho. I think that he could bounce back from something like this. It was a, it was very similar to like, uh, you know, it was very similar to like, you know, DC taking on Derek Lewis. You he knew he's got one weapon. Let's take it away. Let's not, uh, let's get the win, and go home. I think people, I think with Cyril, though, one of the things that I guess you could point out as a criticism, not that it's a bad game plan, is just that, look, you know, you want to have performances that people remember and they want to see the next time around. And, you know, we were looking at this as like two heavy hitters and serial game really wasn't playing that game. He's just like, I'm not going to lose this. I know what I'm better at here. I'm going to get my win. I'm going to improve to eight and you all can kiss my ass. And that's that, you know, so he gets himself a win of the number four guy. He'll probably move somewhere into the top five now. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I saw John Jones made a comment about something like these guys, you know, better be ready for the pace when daddy when daddy comes home. And Francis and I was like, daddy comes home? What the hell? Is, what does that mean? Um, There was some footage of John Jones, heavyweight John Jones, that came out this week. And uh, he looks big, man. Big. Oh, big. You know, uh, Quinville would be a big fan. The um, But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best card in the world as far. It was good to have something in between each uh, bout, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't a, a great night. Basically all decisions other than one fight. Only Ronnie Lawrence versus uh, Vince uh, Cachero. Ronnie Lawrence got himself a TKO win. Beat the holy hell out of him. I was waiting for the ref. I was like, when's the ref going to stop this thing? He's, he's, uh, he's clearly on his way. The rest of them were decisions. Some of them were good, like Jimmy Rivera, Pedro Munoz. Great fight. A lot of fun. Alexis Harris versus Kevin Groom. Uh, Kevin Kroom. Um, Bruce Leroy. Looked awesome. He looked uh, he looked fluid. He uh he looks, you know, it was funny. I was I was looking and you think about his uh you think about his age. He's gonna be 33 this summer. He's got four straight wins now. Um I wouldn't exactly say they're over big names because he's never really been putting, you know, he's not putting big card spots all the time. But I was talking to Leroy about this, and I was like, oh, "Man, I wonder if I wonder if Bruce Leroy could put together a uh, almost a, a Jorge Masvidal like you know uh, like run. I mean, it's they're similar in that that you know first of all they both come from the Miami backyards. Um, Alex isn't trained down here; he trains in Arizona. But you know, you wonder if he can have this second renaissance. He looks much more comfortable with his striking in that." He's uh he's going to it a little bit more. He's he's being the he's being the initiator. Um now he's not having the he's not having the uh the renaissance George did not finishing guys. Like George was always a guy who was maybe getting the short end of decisions, but usually was out boxing everybody. So the a lot of times it was going one way or another based on whether he was getting the judges nod that night. Alex um you know, Alex is going about these and he's kind of dominating these decisions um but they're not like you know it's not like the rockets being tied to Bruce Leroy's back on it or nothing like that but it is you know they're they're about the same they're about at the same age where they were and I you know I I wonder if Bruce Leroy can get himself a, a big time contender in this division where he's been around forever and if he can get himself into this uh this mix at 145. You know, four straight ones it's nothing to sneeze at. And uh you would like to see a guy who's been in the the division like that for a while get some kind of a rub there. So good for him. He uh he improves to 18 and 12 in his mixed martial arts career. And the uh the former Miami backyard brawler, uh, I was happy to see him get a win. And uh yeah, yeah, Mac uh Magman Enkalov get a win over uh Nikita Krylov, uh, twenty nine, twenty eight, okay, fight. You know nothing. You know I, I don't think it was the most memorable card in the world by any means. I think that it was fine. Um, I was what you know, like, look, I, I was watching it at a, at an arena, at a boxing match, but a lot of it I got to see because there were so many breaks in between fights. So. You know, it was good to get you from that regard. Like it kind of kept the night moving and all that. But I do think, like on any other night, if I wasn't in a quiet press box waiting for the next boxing match in front of me, I could see myself being lulled out of that fight quite easily, or 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 that night quite easily. So that's uh, that's what we got. When we come back, we get to a little bit of UFC 259, a triple title fight coming up next week. What do we got in the makings? next week on pay-per-view. We'll get to that next. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in. If you miss any part of this program, please go download the radio.com app and download the podcast. And, of course, uh, if you're a fan of uh, this show and of my radio programs, check us out on Twitch, the morning show, Tobin and Leroy. We are now live on Twitch every single morning from 6 to 10 a.m., so you can now watch the Silly Sauce all four hours of it every single day from 6 to 10 a.m. You can interact with us live. You got the chat going on. Twitchers, texters, it's a blood feud. You want to talk about absolute uh, absolute fisticuffs. It's a fisticuffs. It's word of cuffs is really what it is. It's just insults back and forth between tw- textures and twitchers. And um, it's a lot of fun. So I recommend you guys interacting with it. It's been cool getting the guests on uh, live on video, which we've been doing for a little bit. We've been taping guests like that, um, as you guys have seen with our digital content. But... Now it's cool getting them live. Like We had Miguel Rojas on live last week. Michael McCullough from the Heat joined us live last week. So that's been cool. Love it much better than phone calls. I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. So check that on out, everybody. Um, Let's get into this. So a couple of news and notes. Now I want to talk about this. So Triller is this new promotion that has the funds that famously put on the Mike Tyson Roy Jones card. And had the Nate Robinson Jake Paul fight where Nate Robinson uh, got slept by Jake Paul and they are really, they did a thing this week that makes you think they are trying to be the next heavy hitter in boxing. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting development now to, to kind of give you guys a look into this. We've been talking about this lightweight division with, uh, with, the four kings, if you will. Uh, I feel like I've been doing busy with the air quotes today. Um with Tiafima Lopez, Devin Haney, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, who was prominently featured on the uh on the card last night, uh, on the commentary. But Tiafima Lopez, we've known this for a little bit, as you guys have heard, we've had George Cambosas on this show. He is the mandatory for the uh, the WBO championship and so really put himself in a position to be uh, to uh, to be cra- uh, to have a crack at Tafima Lopez's uh, titles and George uh, George's is... now to kind of give everybody the background of this George Cambosis, he put himself as a mandatory for Tafima's IBF title and George is a big deal in Australia. But obviously, is not in the big scope of all the other guys. But it happens when you have a man, you have an undisputed champion like Teofimo is. Guys like to keep their belts. We saw this. This is why Canelo was fighting Alvdi Yularum in, uh, you know, in, in in the middle of the year. And so George is at this point. He's hungry. He's still young, um, you know, and is is still in the kind of the midst of this thing. So what happened was is ta- top rank. Um, basically has Tiafima Lopez under contract, they couldn't come to an agreement between them and George Cambosis so the fight went to purse bid. purse bid, other promotions can come on in say this is what I want to, buy, you know, bid on that, this is what I want to do and we have the rights to that fight. And so you had top rank, they came in, uh they bid, Something to the effect of matchroom boxing came in. They've been 3.5 to top ranks 2.3. And so Eddie Hearn was coming in. They were trying to swipe Teofimo Lopez. You would probably think because you would hope that Tiafima Lopez gets the win over Cambosis and then maybe can uh, can do some business to get Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia in the fold to fight for the Undisputed Championships. But with uh, with the with the, with a the last minute Swipe in triller came in and offered them 6.018 million dollars for the fight and i think it went something like 70 30 i think goes Cambosis's way both fighters are making a ton of money so shout out to them shout out to our guy peter khan getting his boy paid all that type of stuff sounds fantastic now the question is where is this fight when is this fight going to take place we don't quite know that yet. Is this going to be on the Ben Askren versus Jake Paul car, which is coming up in April? Maybe uh, that was that. That had a wrinkle that came out this week, where we was announced that Antonio Tarver, the Magic Man, friend of the program, is going to be taking on former UFC heavyweight champion Frank Mir, which I'm kind of into. Look, I, I, that's kind of Triller's lane. They uh, they're. Cr- Wacky. They do the legends fights. They do the YouTube fights. They'll do a crossover fight. But now they're dipping their toes into the the the, uh, the legitimate boxing where they're going and getting the champion of the deepest. I won't say deep. The the, the 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 hottest division in boxing right now. Everybody's been talking about lightweight division. What is it going to happen with it? When are these guys going to fight each other? When's it going to be put together? And they basically just went, basically stole the uh, the clearest champion in the biz right now. So it's interesting. It's interesting because, one, you add another player into the game, which, first of all, that's good for the fighters. I'm glad the fighters are going to get some more money. Um, that's always a good thing, especially for these big opportunities. So a guy like George Camboses, you know, he goes from probably making... Four hundred thousand, and now he's going to be making a seven-figure payday. That's awesome. You know, that's uh, that's that's really great. A guy like Tiafima Lopez goes from making, you know, just over a million to now he's going to make millions of dollars. That's awesome. Um, I don't know why anybody has a problem who's not Bob Arum. I don't know why anybody would have why any fan would have a problem with that if the fight's going to happen anyway. So. I guess the only difference would be is like maybe instead of ESPN, you are pr- maybe you're gonna have to pay for it on pay per view. But it's a it's an interesting one. You know, the the only thing I would say is is concerning about this. Uh, the only thing I, I I would say is is a worry is that you know we're already at a point where fights are tough enough to make when it comes to politics, when it comes to. Um, you know, guys obligations. So now you add into the mix, another network that's going to come in here and try and blow things up. Um, You know, it's great that the fighters are giving money. Could it add another wrinkle into making the fights happen? We don't know. That's that's that remains to be seen. But either way, it is a uh, it is a different it is a different uh, a different beast. So that's an interesting thing to keep uh, keep an eye out and see uh, what the drama is and how that unfolds. All right, let's get into a little bit of UFC 259 coming up next week. We have UFC 259, a triple championship match. I mean, UFC is pumping out the cards, man. Because I felt like it was funny because I sat down this week and I knew that we had the Canelo fight happening, and then I'm like looking at next week and I'm like, oh my god, there's a pay per view already. And uh, if, because we just felt like we just had uh, Kamara take on Gilbert Burns. So the the pay-per-views are flying. They are coming quick. But uh, it's a triple championship card. It is headlined by light heavyweight champion Jan Blachowicz defending against reigning middleweight champion Israel Adesanya, who is moving up in weight to, to try and capture his second belt. Then you, of course, have Amanda Nunes at Featherweight, She is defending her belt against Megan Anderson. And the one I think I'm looking forward to the most is the Bantamweight Championship. Pyotr Jan against Aljamain Sterling. Uh, first of all, I love Aljamain Sterling. I think he's a really, really fun fighter. Um, really has earned his way. You know, Aljamain Sterling, you know, took some tough losses. And to see him earn his way all the way back to the title shot has been really great. And, and uh, charismatic as hell. He's kind of been on the scene for a long time as far as, like, you know, always willing to call guys out, always willing to do a thing, and now here at 31, which is like that, it is kind of that sweet spot that 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 there's not a lot of guys who are perfecting this game super early. Like, you know, 31 is about the time you round into form on everything, and and now he's in a spot where he's coming off a submission win over Corey Sandhagen, who everybody's like, everybody's darling right now. He's got a win over him, and he's going to take on Jan, who burst onto the scene as champion, and actually, has been training down here at American Top Team. He's been uh, he has uh, moved on down here, but he's a he's a wrecking machine, man. He's been a bit of the uh, the legend killer with his wins over Jose, with his wins over Uriah. Uh, intimidating little package, intimidating little Russian. And so that one is tough to call, man. That's that's a tough one to call. I'm gonna, but there's something about it that makes me feel like you know we did see Piotr uh, get touched up a little bit early on in the Jose Aldo fight. And, and, and so I do think there are opportunities, especially before things get slippery and wet that, uh, that Aljo could catch him into something. Um, you know, it, it just looks like he's kind of poised for the moment. I think that Aljo is, uh, is going to walk away, uh, is going to walk away Bantamweight champion by the end of that night. Uh, Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. Like it feels silly to ever pick against Amanda Nunes. Like, there's so few people who are in sports that are just undisputed goats. There are no debates. There are no nothing. And, and, you know, her being the best woman fighter on the planet is of all time. Her, the best being the best woman on the planet is an easy one. Her being the best uh, woman fighter of all a woman to fight of all time, not debatable. I mean, there's, who who could you possibly throw at me and say is 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 holding a candle to her um and yeah is is legitimately good enough to be looked upon as one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet she's just that good she's that dominant over her division um you know she really should be considered what john jones is what demetrius mighty mouse johnson was what george saint pierre was she's that kind of good i don't really see a a reason how i can pick megan anderson um who we've seen have an up and down and up and down ten years as an MMA fighter, but nobody, you know, nobody really just comes close to Amanda right now, man. Nobody, nobody does. And and so you wonder if like, you know, does she gonna have her own motivations? Is she gonna is she gonna have that same spark, that same fire? I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why that goes away. I mean, it probably is always gonna be at that spot where it's like, well, how does it get higher than beating uh Chris Cyborg? But she's a tank. She just does it. So, you know, for for me, this is the one thing. The only criticism I have going into this card, I'm not a huge fan of three championship cards um, because, one, you're talking about the cream of the crop, and it's a possibility they could all go to the distance. And and a lot of times, if you have a card that has three five-round fights and they do all go the distance, you're in for a long night. And even if two of them go the distance, it's a long night, and and sometimes stuff can be lost in the fold. So I'm not I'm not a huge fan of uh, of stacking three championship fights uh, uh, amongst each other. I don't I don't think it uh, swings the buy rate one way or another. Oh, three champion two championships? No, three championship fights. I I just, I, I, I I I almost feel like you're better off having uh one of these be in a few weeks on the heavyweight championship card. that's the way i look at it i feel like you just have two championship fight like two is the max i, I like two two championship fights cool three it's it's kind of like that extra slice of pizza Not you know not to get all cowherd on it with a weird analogy but it's just like you know it could just be a little bit too much but maybe it'll be awesome you know sometimes it'll turn out you'll have like a I think it's like a UFC 205 on your hands and they're all awesome, you know, but a lot of the times they can drag out a little bit. So we'll see, but yeah, I don't see Amanda Nunes losing. Um, I'm not there with that. Um, and then Jan Blachowicz versus Israel Adesanya. Interesting fight, man, because you know, Jan is at this point where he's just got that crazy power where he can, he could shut your lights out and he's done that to, to many dangerous guys and the other thing is, you know, he's just in this position of taking out Dominic Reyes, where it felt very similar to what Izzy's walking into. Now you can we can sit here and debate. Oh, you know, Dominic Reyes versus Israel Adesanya. Israel's the guy. He's the he's he's the man. Like he's not going to go out there and he's not going to uh, to vote. But first of all, but but a couple things. One, he's had some very spectacular performances. Very spectacular. You know, if we if we're looking at it like his Palo Costa win, unbelievable. Robert Whitaker win, sensational. Uh the Kelvin Gastelum was a dangerous fight. That was a dangerous fight back and forth. Uh a fight of the year candidate, but he ended up winning. He ended up getting the getting the job done. He ended up coming out of the W. The Yoel Romero fight not the best fight. The uh, the, uh, the Anderson Silva fight, not the best fight. So we have seen in these fights sometimes where maybe Izzy is going in there and he has the potential of getting knocked out with something big that the fight can be a little bit ugly. It may not be the best fight in the world. But with Jan, we're just coming off the situation with people looking at Dominic Reyes as the heir apparent that he was going to reign over the 205 division, and that this was basically just his victory lap, that he was the uncrowned king, that he should have gotten the nod against John Jones anyway, and so that he was going to walk right in there against Jan Blahovic and become champion. And what happened? Mixed martial arts happened, and Jan knocked his knocked his block off. So while I favor Israel Adesanya, I'm curious what the odds are. Adesanya... Izzy is a minus two seventy five favorite, and I find that to be pretty steep. Pretty steep. I, I don't. I feel like it's a closer fight than that, just simply because one, he's not. The, he's he's moving up in weight. Um, and yes, we've seen him at times be very dangerous, very versatile, all that type of stuff. And I do think that Izzy has huge star potential. Don't get me wrong. I mean he's. He's uh, he's charismatic. He's He can be funny. Sometimes he's a little bit corny. Um, he's actually a lot more like John Jones than he realizes. It's funny. Like, you know, like the two of them, they, they go at each other. Um, but sometimes there's a real lot of says stuff and I'm just like, I don't know. all right. Um, but he is a breathtaking fighter. I mean, he really is. Like with some of the stuff that he comes up with, with the, the precision of his striking, man, it's really, really fun to watch in the cage. But I just think that we got to be careful uh, writing off Jan Blahoe, just because of age, just because he had his crowning achievement moment. Uh, everybody was doing the same thing with Dominic Reyes and him, that they thought Dominic Reyes was going to waltz right in there. And it's the same thing. You think that is where he's going to walk right in there and say, hey, I just took John's belt, I just took his division. You know, he's going to talk all this, this uh, you know what, to John Jones because he's walking in there as the new sheriff of the 205 division. Just be careful. You know, v- Jan Bolovich is a dangerous, dangerous dude. I don't think that's a walk in the park by any means. So, should be a fun one, man. I'm going to go with... I Still, I'm going to go with Adesanya. I'm going to go with Adesanya. I'm going to go with Amanda Nunes. I'm not trying to be bold there. Um, I don't even know if this is an upset. I'll check the odds real quick. But I, I got Sterling beating Piotr Jan. I think that... Uh, yeah, pure. T- it's it's a closer fight than I thought, though. I actually kind of felt like Aljo was gonna get um what is respect, but he's plus one fifteen. That's not a, that's not an overwhelming underdog. Jan is uh minus one forty-five. I like Aljo in that fight, man. I do. I think he's gonna come through with that. And you got some other stuff. You got Dominic Cruz is on the undercard in this one. Uh Tiago Santos is on this card, Islamakachev, which is uh which is on this card against Drew Dober. That's a fun fight. Um a lot of good action coming up next week. So we'll have the full recap for you coming on. Oh, Sean Brady. I always like watching Sean Brady. I remember him watching. Uh, I, I like watching guys who I saw in small promotions. I saw him at uh Shogun fights. Uh, I remember watching him at the Heart Rock. I always like watching guys that I saw at small promotions fight on the big time. Joseph Benavidez is going to be fighting on this card against Oxar Oksarov. Yeah, it's a fun card. It's a it, it's a really really good card coming up next week. So definitely uh, definitely worth some money next week to watch a little UFC action. Everybody have a great rest of your week. If you miss any of the show? Download the podcast, and we love you long time. Talk to you then.